Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. Hey, church family, so glad that you're with us and, and glad that you're here no matter where you are. Uh, I'm in a room with a few people. It, it's great to have them here. I can't see whether they're smiling or laughing or sticking out their tongue at me because they all have masks on. I think those wrinkles mean that you're smiling, right? You know what, we're, we're going to take, uh, I think this is number seven that we have on lessons from lockdown, and we've piled into the, this stuff that Paul's been writing, and what I've talked to you, want to talk to you about today is how do you thrive in a dive? And when, when you think just a moment about where Paul was, that is absolutely the place that he was in. It would, it would have been the absolute worst. He used to, he's writing to the Ephesians, he used to travel and connect with them. And when Paul was in Ephesus, it was like, it was be pure, perfect time for Paul because he was totally getting hassled and, and they were persecuting him and they were going at him. And on the other hand, he was being incredibly effective and, and people were being saved and there was miracles happening. And for that evangelist guy, there is nothing better, right? I mean, he had it going on. And now, He's in chains. He's sitting in a house in Rome, locked down in a dive. And you would think, as he's writing the book of Ephesians, that would have a little bit of an effect on him, wouldn't you? It would, it would kind of have an effect on you, wouldn't you? As you're writing an email to somebody, and you're like, oh, we're in the lockdown again. <laughs> Here we are. I can go into the 25% and stand outside waiting to get into a store. woo But Paul has something completely different from the book of Ephesians. And we're going to do like the big, 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 big picture of Ephesians. And then we're going to narrow it down. Uh, If you begin to read the first few chapters of Ephesians, it's like Paul is completely gone into a different realm. And he starts talking about how you are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And that everything that was who you are and what it was done before the foundations of the world. And all the spiritual blessings that you have in Christ. And you're going like, Paul, settle down, man. Like, what, what are you doing, buddy? And he is just chapter after chapter after chapter. He's just cranking it out of all that we have in Christ. Because there was something that he was drawing from that you and I need to get if we're going to live. And here's the thing. What Ephesians teaches us is this. You can make the most of every opportunity, no matter what's happening in your life. And I think that's a lesson for all of us that we can grab a hold of and learn. No matter what's happening, no matter what you're in the middle of, God has given you the ability to make the most of it. And I think that's one of those things that for all of us, we can grab a hold of and we can say, all right, if that's what God has for me, if there's a way for me to do this, I want to grab a hold and do it. And, and Ephesians as a whole is kind of the book that isn't about... Kind of like this backfill you're going to see coming up. It isn't like, you know, your house is on the edge and, and maybe, maybe just put a little bit of, you know, I need a little bit of backfill just to figure it out. Maybe some happy thoughts. How about that, guys? Would you like some just happy thoughts? Or, or maybe just like some life hacks, right? How you can just do this a, like a little bit better. 
What, what the book of Ephesians is for us is saying, you know what? There is a foundation that you need to get, that you need to really get, and I'm going to talk about what getting means, that you need to grab a hold of because it's out of that foundation that you actually live your life. It's out of that foundation that you have the ability to make the most of whatever it is that you have, and it's out of that foundation that you can thrive even if you're in a dive. And as we look at that, I want you to maybe get this picture in mind. When I was uh, grade four, we moved to, to a small town in Saskatchewan, and we were there for a while, lived in an apartment, and then we were going to build our first house, and it was one of these RTM ready-to-moves, and they, <laughs> there's a couple of things about that were funny. One, <laughs> one was the guy who was moving our house apparently stopped off at the bar before he moved the house. And uh, when, the, when the home, the ready-to-move home came, he was sort of staggered. I'll, I'll never forget this. He staggered out of the truck, and he looks at my dad, and he goes, Your house is all cracked up! Ha, ha, ha! And I was thinking... Oh, <laughs> I looked at my dad. He wasn't terribly happy, right? And uh, that was one thing I remember. The other thing is we, we, we saw this house, and then I looked down, and they were just at the place where they had poured the footings. And some of you know what this is. You'll see a picture of, of footings coming up. And that is, those, those, that place that you see there, those are actually 36 inches wide and up to 12 to 14 inches deep. And I remember talking to the contractor and saying, those, the, the, that cement piece you got there, what, like, what's that about? And he took you know, the little boy around and he said, hey, listen, you know what this is? Is this is the foundation that your whole house sits on. And in fact, why there's cement over this whole thing is like this, because that house is very heavy and you need to have something to distribute the weight. Okay? In our lives, there are going to be things that are going to be really heavy. And you need to have a foundation in your life that distributes the weight of those things. Because if you don't, you know what happens? I have another picture here. Hey, guys, fire up the other picture of the, the house that had to do the rebuild foundation. Doesn't that look like they had a, they had a storm or something come through? Doesn't that look like re- terrifying? That's what happens. You're going to have to redo it. So here's, what, here's my challenge to us today. I'm going to give you five Fs. And you can pick your favorite F word of what you want to do of building your foundations. Okay, pop them up on the screen, guys. And you're going to see these five Fs. And basically, this is the book of Ephesians. And I would like you to, this is a bit self-serving at this point, but I would like you to appreciate this because I spent a lot of time getting five Fs. You have no idea how hard it is to do that. I, I didn't just go on the internet and steal this, just so you know. Okay, I'm done. Okay, first thing is, you need to have the power to grasp, we're going to read the scripture, five things. You need to have the power to grasp your fortune, all the spiritual blessings that you have in Christ that are yours. You need to have the ability to grasp our favor, which is our grace and our love and all of those pieces that happen. You need to be able to have the ability to grasp your family. You need to get your spiritual family. Otherwise, it's not going to work because the Bible says, actually, it takes all of us to get the love of God. So we need to get that. We need to grab, we need to get our fullness. It says that we are filled to the measure of the fullness of God. We need to get that. That's our foundation. And the last thing is we need to get our fight. You can spend your life fighting the wrong things. You know that, right? 
And some of you have done that during this pandemic. And you have been miserable and angry people. Ask your spouse. Right? Because you're just mad and fighting and fighting. And there is fight in every one of us, but we got to learn to fight the right thing. And Pastor Mark talked about that, the armor of God and what that looks like. So we're going to take some time and say, what does it look like to fight? Let's read our scripture. And I've inserted those, your favorite F words in there for, so you get it and you grab a hold of it. This is a prayer that Paul prayed after he had finished the first three chapters of Ephesians, sort of that grand canyon of what it is that we have in God. And this is what he prays for you because God knew this was going to be in the Bible. Okay, so this is God's prayer for you. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You're connected to dad. I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You need inside power so that the Lord might dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. That's kind of what you already know and what you've already got. That you may have power together with his holy family to grasp. Did you get it? You need to have power to grasp. Power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep of the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. How do you get it? How do you get family and fortune and fullness and favor, and all the wealth, and, and everything that we have in love. There are two ways that I think you get it, and you're going to know this. Sometimes, God does this, and he goes, bam! And like you're Paul walking down the road to Damascus, and he just goes, maybe you've had some of those experiences, where you're, you're living your life, and maybe you're trying your best, you're doing whatever, and God just gives you something, and it's boom, and you get it. It's not it doesn't actually happen all the time. And people who say they happen like that all the time, um, they're making it up. <laughs> kind of think it's the way it is because that's very special circumstances that God does that. But every once in a while, he does it and we get it. And it's really great. See, the way that most of the time this happens is actually a slow burn. Is that God's working in your life. You're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. You're doing your best. You're reading the Bible. You're praying in tongues. You are doing what it is that God's called you to do. You're saying, God, I need you. Do you come and you move into this situation? And, and just like the disciples, you know, they saw Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And they sort of got that he was who he said he was. Right? Kind of. And by the end, he said, you know what? Here's the plan. I'm going to leave and the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to lead you into all truth. And then they completely got it. Here's the thing that I think we need to all remember. That slow burn happens when you and I cooperate with the Holy Spirit. When we invite him in to say, God, I desperately need you to be a part of my situation. Um, I was in a, a situation early, early on in, in a, my, kind of my first ministry opportunity. And I had a supervisor. I was um, young, thought I knew everything, and kind of judgmental. That was my part. 
and my supervisor was not terribly relational, and I'm a fairly relational guy, and he, ended, and he was just a guy that just sort of was, he, he liked you as long as you could make him look good and do stuff for him. That was his deal. And, you know, maybe I haven't got over my judgmentalness yet <laughs> when I hear that coming out of my mouth. <laughs> so what it seemed like to me, right? And I was young. And so I listen to this guy, and I'm just sort of driving me crazy. And Eileen and I were just married. We had a young family. We had huge student loans. And we were, I was thinking, God, i got to take care of my family. And we moved from Alberta to, to come to this situation. And we were just really, I was really not knowing what to do. And, and this was a little bit of that BAM thing that God gave me. And I think he gave it so he could teach me to get on the program. Is I was talking to him and saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to take care of my family. Because I don't think this is going to work. And I don't think I can trust this guy. I can't really trust him to take care of me. And you know, in my mind, I know God's supposed to take care of you. And I had a bad attitude at that point, And I just wasn't wanting to hear that. And he answered me in a way that was just sort of astonishing to me. I thought, I thought I knew what the answer was. Yes, trust Jesus. I've been a Christian since I'm three years old. And he said, you know what? You can actually trust him. Because I had this figured out before the foundations of the world. like oh wow (laughs) really doesn't it completely change everything all of a sudden you look and you go these things that God has given us these promises these blessings this this stuff that you need to get and sometimes it comes like boom and you've had that right you've had those moments where God just tells you something and you get it and then you actually have to really really get it but there's some, most of, a lot of times you just live it out and it's like a sunrise that kind of comes up and you get to see it coming and then you go, oh, yes. I get that now. I get that God loves me. I get that I'm accepted. I get that I'm seated with him in the heavenlies. I get the fact that my future is secure. I get that I can pour myself out to other people and then, you know, that's actually the way I'm really happy and fulfilled. And you have all of those moments, but you live them out and then you get them. And then your foundation is firm. And and the getting it is so important. I, I was asked my wife for an example of this and she was very kind and gracious and she said you know what when we were first married uh, I didn't actually think of you like leaving me or cheating on me or anything like that that wasn't really part of our my thought process but you know 30 33 years in 33 years in she goes this is like the gold of our marriage is I am so confident and it's such a joy to know that that will never happen and I'm like, oh, yes! <laughs> and you know, it's back the same way, right? There is, a, there is something that happens over a long period of time that, you, that the, you, the Holy Spirit solidifies things in you and it becomes foundation. And it's yours and nobody can take it away from you. And nothing can take it away from you because it's yours. 
because God's planted it in you and it's a firm foundation. And those are the things that God needs you to get and you need to commit yourself to get them. You could do that. Yeah. Here's, here's the way we want to do. I'm going to look at a couple of different things just to start us off. And then I want to take some time to actually just stop in the middle of our time. And I'm going to put some pieces up and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit say, help you to say, here's what I'm doing right now in your life. Okay? So the first one is this. We need to get our fortune. Ephesians 1.3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with many ble- every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So as I kind of thought about this and kind of walked through this, I began to think about saying, so he has blessed us in heavenly places. And as I started to talk to people, I won't say that it was stuff, and uh, that they were a bit confused about where the heavenly places was. And, And I realized, you know what? I think sometimes we don't get that. So where are the heavenly places? Is it heaven? No. It's actually not heaven. We're going to get there. That's not what this is talking about. And in your Bible, it says, it says places. That word is in italics, and it's actually inserted in there to be descriptive. I don't think it's actually the best description. Basically, what heavenly places is, is it's the, it's the unseen realities in your life right now. See, there's a lot of things that you see. There's things in the senses that you hear, that you see, that you smell, that you touch. And you kind of got that. You have a job. You have a wife. You have kids. You have all this stuff going on. You're single. You're you're working. You're not working. You're getting a serve check. You have to pay your serve check back. You know, whatever it is. These are the realities of your life right now. But there's a whole set of invisible realities that you have that are, and sometimes when we think in the heavenlies, we think, is that in a galaxy far, far away? Is that on Middle Earth? You know, where is that exactly? It's here. You live in the physical world, but you are all a part of the spirit world, aren't you? And, and as you think about that, you're going to get this. Every time you pray in tongues, it's, it's this, in the spirit world that you're connecting with. You're part of both. Every time that you, that you are worshiping and you have that connection with God, it's the spirit. You are connecting spirit to spirit. It isn't a physical thing that you just get happy feelings. There's something deep inside of you that's connecting. When you pray over somebody and they get healed, that has nothing to do with the physical world. It's, it's, it becomes there, but it's that there is a spiritual reality that you and I live in. That's the heavenlies, right? It is the fact that you and I live in both realities at the same time. And here's, I think, something that's incredibly important for us. That if we get this, it makes this whole idea of grabbing a hold of it very easy. And that's this, is that there is a way for us to live in the present and the now and let go of that eternal stuff that's so important. And I think this is one of the big things that we sort of get lost on, where we don't grab a hold of what's really important and we just get to that place where we just think about the here, the now, where's my money coming from? You know, where's my husband? Where's my, when am I going to get rid of my boss? All of those things begin to happen. And what happens is you partner with negative And when you partner with the negative stuff in your life, you know what happens? You lose touch with the spirit realities in your life. And you begin to think and act and talk, and you cut that stuff off. 
And it's why, the, it's why you hear us teaching over and over again in church. It's why the Bible is full of whatever is good and right. Think on these things. You know why? Because that keeps the flow going for you and the things that you're supposed to be getting. And the negative actually cuts it off. The other thing that cuts it off, I, I think, is, is pretty obvious. I'm going to get Pastor Steve. Are you back there? We're, we're not going to hit him this time. We're going to tie him up with a rope. Actually, we won't do that. Okay. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> Pastor Mark really looked like he enjoyed hitting you last time. That was... So here, here's what I want to see. This rope is your life. That it represents. And this is an old analogy that I thought was really great because this rope goes out, it comes, goes backstage. I don't know if you noticed it, if you parked over here, the people who are in the, here, maybe past your house if you're on the perimeter, it goes past the perimeter, past Headingley, and down highway number one. <laughs> you're getting the point. If this is your life, it's eternal. It, it actually goes on forever. Now here's the thing. This little red part is your life on earth. And, and some of us are, are like in the stage where we're really worried about you know, doing what we can do here so we get this little part we can enjoy ourselves. Maybe it's like that big. And we're stressed all the way through this part here because we want this part to be fantastic. Or, or something happens over here and, and we spend this whole thing here not worrying about eternity or the things that are important. We spend the whole time looking back to this thing and, and we don't realize that there are this part of our life is intended for us to deposit something that actually goes on forever. And so as you think of your life, I want you to think about this. This part forever. This is the part that we're getting fear and frustration and tied up in. And God says, okay, you know, just a little, like this is just the outward reality. you got this whole other thing going on here. How are you going to live this part of your life knowing that you have all of this going on? Can you take that? Friends, can you receive that to say that this is a picture of your life? Hey, Steve. Ready? Ooh, nice. <laughs> you can give him a hand. Some of the people in hand, give him a hand here. That's fantastic. Pretty low bar, Steve. Nice. Uh, so as you do this, here's what I want you to think of. That there's a power that God has for you to grasp in the moment for things that are eternal, that are significant, that are powerful. And God has given you the ability to connect in that realm to all of those things. And in, in, in our lives, we have the ability to do that. Not just, you know, in those deep spiritual moments that you have in your life. You're sometimes when it's very holy and you're feeling really good about stuff. But it's actually in every moment of your life. You understand that these spiritual blessings are available to you all of the time. And they aren't actually contingent on whether you're in a good mood or not. You understand this, right? God already knows that you're horribly sinful and kind of pathetic. (laughs) Yay! Somebody's owning that. That's fantastic. And that actually doesn't stop him from... Because sometimes we think totally neurotically. We think like, I have to be super... mm, now I'm spiritual and I've read the Bible and I'm done up and then my spiritual blessings come. That's actually not true. 
You know what that's called? That's called a lie of the enemy in your life to keep you down, to think that negative. You have partnered with the negative. And instead you say, God, you know what? I am so glad for your grace. I'm going to tap into the stuff that's mine. And that is available to you every moment of every day. You can get your fortune. Isn't that good news, guys? Yeah, why don't you give the Lord a hand? The second thing is this, is that you have the ability to get favor. Or the favor is really about grace. And Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 that we read talks about that really understanding love and what that is. We have favor is is not like the TV evangelists who would say favor is that I have my jet and that, that I have the ability for you to give me money and all of that kind of stuff. That actually isn't what favor is about at all. Favor is this. You have the free gift of salvation that you've been given and you have free access to whatever you need to do what God has called you to do. Do you get that? You have free salvation and free strength to do what it is that God has to do 24-7. And it's a gift from God. And he says, this is what I have. And, and one of the things that I think is just sort of incredibly important is this. And as, as we look at this scripture, we see in Ephesians 2, chapter 7, chapter, sorry, Ephesians 2, verse 6. He talks about our, what this grace looks like. And he says, and God has raised us up with Christ He's raised us up. In other words, we were dead, spiritually dead. We're out of relationship. Now we're in. He seated us in the heavenly realms, right? Not a place, but you have authority, the ability to get a hold of those things in Christ. In order that in the coming ages, there is going to be, uh, he is going to show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to Jesus Christ. Now I want to take a minute to explain that. It's kind of like this. God looked down and you, you know that you are loved, right? If I would say God loves you, you would say, sure, yep, God loves me, I know that. There's sort of a base level of love that I get. But there's a whole next level of love that God actually is pouring out on us all the time. And he said, this is, this is how amazing this love is. And this is why we have to get it. Because I think we can just say, yeah, I get that I'm loved. When I, when I talk to my kids about being loved, I stopped saying I love them, I love you to them, especially when they were teenagers, because like, pew. And so I, I found different ways to do it. I said, you are loved. And it felt more like an identity statement. And, and, and it's kind of like God is ramping it up saying, I love you, you are loved in identity. And then he says, okay, there's this grace that I'm, I'm lavishing on you, and you may not even get it right now, You may not see it, you may not understand it, but in the heavenly realms, when the angels and everybody else is going to see this, this this love that you have from God is so amazing that when the angels see it, they are going to spend all eternity kind of going and falling over, or maybe falling forward and just worshiping God. Because here, I I think, the Bible doesn't say exactly this, but this is my best interpretation. The angels and the spirit world look at your life, your intentions, all the bad things you think about, and how horrible you actually are, and they think, you deserve hell. And God comes along, and out of nothing other than this pure, pure love for you, he says, no, 
I made that for the demons and for the devil. You're going to come with me. You're going to live with me forever. I'm going to give you life now. And you're going to have access to all of these things. And from the beginning of now to the end of time. And it basically says that the whole spirit world just goes, I don't believe that. And you fall on their face and worship God because of his incredible kindness toward you. And there is a kind of love, guys, that we have that's I love you, you are my beloved, that goes so deep down into the core that that goes past every sin, every thought. It was so costly because Jesus had to die for it. That throughout all eternity, the spirit world is going to stand amazed at how God is. He says, I want you to get that love. That's the love that I have for you. So we're going to take just a couple of minutes. And you're going to see a collage coming up on the screen. And there are just some of the things that we have, some of those spiritual blessings that we have. And I want you to just be quiet before God. Because I believe that he wants one or two of those to just sort of pop out for you. And just take a moment and open yourself up. And I'm going to pray this prayer over you. And as I pray it, I want you to just say, God, I receive. I need to get this. I don't want to live my life like everybody else does. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. We're just going to be unrushed. It's your time with the Holy Spirit. God, what is it you want me to get? What are you working on in my life right now? God, I receive that. Thank you, Lord, that for everyone who is watching, wherever they are watching from, that your spirit is working and that there is something that you are bringing forth to grab a hold of. Father, I thank you that there's something that you want us to get because it's that firm foundation that we live our lives out of. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus, Father God. Thank you, Lord. There are 
other parts to that foundation. I, I just wanted to close with a story that, that I thought was just incredibly powerful. And you, you probably know the name uh, Tim Tebow. And I've kind of watched from the sidelines as, with this young man who's grown up and, and he played for the Florida Gators and, and had this incredible college career. Seemed to be like everybody liked him in terms of his person, but he was super bold, eh? About proclaiming his faith. And he got to the NFL and kneeled and he got slaughtered for kneeling. I'll just let you think about that for a while. And then he changes sports and does some stuff. And I heard some, a story of, about him uh, that I was kind of interested in. He said, you know, when I played for the Florida Gators, they have the Gator Walk that where you come up and there's a picture you're going to see coming up there's 20,000 back back when we didn't when we could social distance not social distance here 20 to 30,000 fans and these athletes come walking up that aisle and they're screaming and this one lady was held, holding a sign saying I just got married last week but if you said yes I'll dump them <laughs> that was to Tim Tebow and he goes through this whole thing and he said you know what I did he says, I, I, one time he says, I, I threw, a, quarter, I threw a, a touchdown pass, and it was against LSU, which was their rivals. He says, I took my phone out and was kind of being a smart aleck, like he was dialing somebody. And uh, the, the other team got a hold of this, and they got a hold of his phone number, and they put his phone number in, and he got like hundreds and thousands of emails and messages to him. And he said, you know what he did? He read every one of them. I was thinking, I would just get a new phone. <laughs> Find a different number. And, and the contrast came as he was looking. He says, you, you walk the walk of fame, or you're just the guy who just gets sworn at and death threats. And he says, every time I would go, about to go on that walk, he said, I put my headphones on, and he says, there's, there's a song that I would listen to. It says, the vo- there's a voice that says, this is for my father's glory. And it's the voice of truth. You have a voice of truth that speaks to you every day. There's a million voices, some of them really good and some of them really bad. You know what? You could thrive no matter where you are because that voice of truth never changes and is always the same. And he says, I am for you and I'm not against you. You can trust that he is yours and you are his. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Why don't you give the Lord a hand? We're so glad that, that you've joined us. And as you, we close our service, I, I want to give, do two things with you. One is, if you have never had that experience or made that decision to accept Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do this. That's the, that ultimate sense of grace where God just says, I got you, I made you, I want you to be loved, know that you are loved by me, and give leadership of your life to me. And that's a, that's a decision that's so significant. And if you've never done that, I would encourage you to do that. There's a little button that's going to pop up right now and just press that and we'll give you the opportunity to connect with somebody and get you on your way. That's incredibly important. So do that now. And if you're, if you have done that or if you're thinking, boy, I really should, we're going to pray a prayer together. And as we pray it, would you pray along and just give God that place? 
And he's going to come and he's going to do some incredible things in you. All right, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I give him leadership of my life. I thank you for all the spiritual blessings, for all the favor, for all the grace, for the new family, for the fullness that I can have. I choose to accept you. I choose to open myself up to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app.